0: your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candice Gibson, joined by staff writer Jane McGrath. Hey. Jane, who do you think is one of the most reviled figures in all of history? Oh, that's a good question.
2: I think Henry VIII is up there. (laughs) Yeah, maybe
1: alongside Rasputin, who we talked about in an earlier podcast, the crazy man. Hitler, maybe. (laughs) Ah, good answer. Good answer. Definitely not Thomas Jefferson, whom everyone loves, (laughs) or at least I do. (laughs) Yes, we all know that. (laughs) (laughs) Henry VIII, so he reigned for 36 years, 1509 to 1547. And during this time, I think somewhere between like 57,000 and 72,000 people were beheaded. That's an amazing number when you
2: think about it, especially um, the fact that the uh, the queen Mary, uh, Queen Mary, known as Bloody Mary, actually only killed about three hundred, I think, in her six years, and yet she's
1: known for being the bloodiest. I know. <laughs> so that was his daughter. So we don't know if yeah. you know she learned a thing or two from her dad or what. But as yeah. we'll see in a few minutes, her her killings were for a very different reason. But mm-hmm. Henry 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 Henry, where do we start with Henry? Such a complicated man. He wanted to be more popular than his father, and his father set out mm-hmm. to amass tons of money so that the monarchy would be virtually unstoppable and unbreakable. And the people kind of hated him. So when Henry VIII came into power, he wanted a couple of things. He wanted to marry his brother's widow, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be more popular than his dad. And eventually, he did both things, but then screwed them both up.
2: Yeah, you could say that. Um He ended up killing two of his father's uh, advisors, close advisors, who were well-known in England at the time for being responsible for a lot of the high taxes that were going on, the oppressiveness that they hated Henry the Seventh for.
1: Yeah, that was Edmund Dudley and Richard Empson. And like Jane said, they were symbols of the corruption at court. So when Henry killed them, instantly his stock went up. But he didn't stop there. He started doing some things that the people did not like so much. And so one of the first wrong moves that he made when he was at court was that he made an attempt to marry his older brother's widow, Mm -hmm. Catherine of Aragon. She was from Spanish royalty. And essentially, he was arguing that the marriage didn't really exist in the eyes of God because they'd never consummated it. At least that was the excuse he used mm-hmm. uh, by the Pope's hand yeah. to get the marriage approved. Right, and he, he exactly like you said, he needed
2: special permission from the Pope to marry her in the first place, so that caused a lot of trouble later on.
1: It did, and mm-hmm. so after all of that hoopla, getting to marry Catherine of Aragon, he decided that he wanted to divorce her.
2: Yeah, he, she, the big reason was, you could say, that she had not produced him a male heir and uh, he wanted someone to uh in his family his lineage to pass the uh, crown down to and this marriage which was all well and fine um
1: uh but the the queen did not uh produce any males so henry turned around and he said all right, you're doing nothing for the Tudor family, Mm -hmm. and I guess technically it was a sin to marry you in the first place, so um, we're getting divorced. And that was when the Pope said no, because (laughs) you said in the first place, you know, you pointed out this law that said it's not a sin to marry someone if the Mm -hmm. marriage hasn't been consummated. So that's what we're going to stick by, Henry. That's that. So Henry one-ups the Pope by saying, well, you know what? The Catholic Church doesn't matter anymore. I'm the Church. Yeah, and this was
2: a very interesting move on his part because... Uh, he's an interesting figure in that he supported the church during the Protestant Revolution, basically, that happened um, earlier on, and he wrote a lot of things against uh, Martin Luther, uh, who was uh, credited with instigating the revolution, and... Um, And so he made a lot of friends, Catholic friends in England, who, like uh, Sir Thomas More is is one who helped him uh, talk about, uh,
1: like, write things that were against
2: Martin Luther and align himself with the Pope and the church.
1: So when he broke with the Catholic Church, he oversaw the start of the English Reformation. Mm -hmm. And essentially what he did was he created a modern sovereignty, which is, you know, a throne independent of the church but he didn't really see it at that time he wasn't trying to make huge strides for england Mm -hmm. he just wanted to get what he wanted in the bedroom quite frankly Mm -hmm. so and he wasn't just blindly annulling his marriage from catherine he had his eye on someone else that's right and her name
2: was anne boleyn
1: yes and i'm sure many of you have heard that name and even if you don't you don't know the full story she was um his mistress, for a time being. She was a very young member of the court, and her family noticed that she had caught the king's eye, and Mm -hmm. her family being a rather enterprising group of individuals, said, (laughs) well, why don't you exploit that, Anne? Yeah, And so she
2: did. Yeah, and it worked. uh, And it caused uh, England to turn away from the Catholic Church, in the end.
1: It really, really did. It was a huge mess.
2: Yeah, and... uh, It ended up not working out all that well for anyone, really, because Anne didn't produce a male either. (laughs) She produced a
1: daughter with no male heir. And the thing is, Henry really loved her at first. We know for a fact that he really, really loved her. But Mm -hmm. she was incredibly unpopular at court. Yeah. And she wasn't getting any sympathy. And after she failed to produce a male heir, she was she was kind of out. But Henry needed a reason to kick her out of the bed. So he made up a lie that she was an adulteress.
2: Yeah, and one of the lies that eventually evolved around her was that she had actually um, was an adulteress with her brother, so had an affair with her brother, and so this idea of incest is obviously people latched onto this idea since they already hated her, and uh, it was one of the reasons why she was uh,
1: executed. And that was the end of Anne. Mm -hmm. But Henry really couldn't be satiated throughout his life. We constantly, in history, see him um, espousing women and and then killing them off and inventing these reasons, and... It's not as though the people of England were sitting back at this time and condoning it. Mm -hmm. By the contrary, I'm I'm sure that they were very upset, but they were probably also very afraid of him because this was a man who killed a nun. He killed cardinals. He killed advisors. He killed members of the court. And most of this stemmed from from his
2: separation with the church, because once he wanted to marry Anne Boleyn, uh, people such as uh, Sir Thomas More and uh, Cardinal John Fisher, uh, who used to be his adversaries, were arguing that they they, they basically did not want to um, sign themselves onto this oath of supremacy that Henry had, had come up with, and they weren't going to repudiate the church and and turn to Henry as their new pope, basically.
1: But because Henry had declared himself the head of the church and God's living... I guess, dignitary or ambassador on Mm -hmm. Earth, he had carte blanche to pretty much do what he pleased. And this was really dangerous for, you know, the monarch to have. And there were people who did voice opposition to Henry. And one of the more notable ones, actually, it's so funny because she was such a a humble and Mm, unexpected figure to do so, Elizabeth Barton.
2: That's right. And she was a young girl, and she was basically a servant. And... uh. She got sick, uh, when she was about 19 and she started getting visions, um, that would, she claimed divine visions and messages from God saying, you know, Henry cannot marry Anne Boleyn. You cannot let this happen. If he does, he's not going to survive long afterwards. And so she started saying these visions and Henry
1: was a little upset about that. And so there were people divided into distinct camps, those who thought she was crazy, those who thought she was mm-hmm. having legitimate visions, and yeah. those who thought, I guess, she was just speaking out you know, against the king. It was an act of treason. And the Archbishop of Canterbury had some good insight. He thought, well, if I get this girl and stay in, in a convent and she studies to become mm-hmm. a nun, she's going to gain some clout. Yeah. And she did. And she had these visions for more than 10 years. And eventually, she was accused of treason mm-hmm. and arrested. And when she was put on trial... I don't know if she was frightened to the point of confessing that she was faking it, or yeah. if she really was genuinely faking it all along. Yeah, Whatever, as as she saying. retracted her statements, mm-hmm. and pff, that was the end of her.
2: So she didn't really win out by retracting her statements anyway. Yeah. No, but not at all. Yeah, you're right. As you mentioned, they made her a nun, and, some, and it kind of worked to the fact that
1: she was n- known from then on as the nun of Kent. So if you look back at these members of the church that Henry opposed and, and all the harm that came to them, um, John Fisher, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. he was very, very opposed to Henry's annulment from Catherine, and he was beheaded, but later, 400 years later, actually, he was sainted.
2: Yeah, and I imagine not giving into this oath of supremacy uh, put him in good light with the church
1: for that canonization. It was really scary what the act declared. It would be like our U.S. president today saying... Yeah, we already have a, a separation of church and state, but there, mm-hmm. you know, there's sort of a, a new religious power and, and that's me. <laughs> and so I can do what I yeah, want. Yeah. So think of everything he has at his disposal. Not only does he have the national treasury, but he's got, he's got the military mm-hmm. and he's got all of these councils that he oversees. He's got the infrastructure, everything under his thumb. Mm-hmm. And because he is the new supreme ruler, he gets to do what he wants. And meanwhile, he throws caution to the wind when it comes to morality Mm -hmm. and gets to go out and and be with as many women as he wants. And when he's tired of one, he gets to cut off her head and go on to the next one.
2: Yeah, and I imagine he instilled fear in everyone at the time since he was cutting off whoever he thought, you know,
1: whatever his whims told him. Right. And so, when we look back at Henry, we have to wonder, well, all these people were in opposition, dying. Was there anyone who actually supported him? And scarily enough, yeah. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, There's this one character named Thomas Cromwell,
2: uh, who supported him throughout his his seek for a divorce from his first wife, so that he could marry Anne Boleyn, and uh, he once the Catholic Church was done away with in in the, uh, England, he basically swept through. He disbanded the monasteries. He did away with taxes that were paid to Rome at that time, and um, uh, after. Uh, the marriage to Anne didn't work out, as we said. Um, Henry married Jane Seymour and, uh. Not
1: Dr. Quinn Medicine. (laughs) That's right, a different one. In case you're confused.
2: (laughs) And, uh, she actually did, um, as a side note, she did produce a male heir for him, but she died a little bit later. And it turned out later down the line that the son was kind of a weakly child and ended up dying kind of young too. But that's, uh, that's not to the point that, um, after Jane Seymour died, Cromwell, who is still his, his, uh, his friend at this time, uh convinced Harry or sorry Henry to marry Anne of Cleves and uh
1: this was a disaster, basically. It was for a political alliance with Germany, yeah. That's
2: right, yeah. And um it didn't work out from the beginning because Henry hated her. She he didn't think she was pretty, she didn't like her care her personality, just hated each other and so he would not have it anymore. And so he wanted a divorce and he sort of blamed Cromwell for this marriage because like obviously he
1: orchestrated it as a political move as Candace said. So, a note to all of you legislators out there listening, don't be matchmakers, just in case, because you never know. <laughs> That's true. It sort
2: of bit Cromwell in the behind right there. And actually, after that, you can see how the the, the tables turned so much, because um, it, remember when we said that he had dismantled monasteries and stuff like that against the Catholic Church? But at that time, he got connections with Lutherans. And so his enemies, Cromwell's enemies at this time, made these connections, tried to convince the king that he was a heretic, because obviously... Um, Uh, Henry was not for Lutherans. He fought against the
1: Lutherans as well. And so this convinced Henry and head chopped off. And, you know, you look at what happened after Henry passed on and his daughter came to the throne. Mm -hmm. Princess Mary, Queen Mary, Bloody Mary. And here's what's so ironic. She was devoutly religious, and so she tried to reinstitute Reinstate the church, yeah. and the reason that we call her Bloody Mary is because a lot of people died under her hand when they were burned at the stake for heresy. Mm. So all that, I guess you could call it work, or all the, the groundwork that her father laid trying right. to separate the church and state, she tried to fix, yeah, and it didn't work in the end. No, it did not. But from then on out, man, what a mess!
2: And right, and after Mary, and uh, then that's when Elizabeth came to throne, and that's when we get Shakespeare
1: and everything in the Elizabethan era, and the rest is history. So if you want even more about Elizabeth and and Shakespeare and marriage or blood, be sure to check out HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and
0: thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.